Hello and welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're gathered here today by a few guests. Hi, I'm Kyle Bound. Hey, I'm Brennan Robinson. Welcome. So we've got Lucas from PLL and Kyle Bound. You're one of the writers for PLL. Is that right? Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we want to have a chat with you guys. We know you guys are working on a, a separate project that you want to talk about as well. So. Thanks for joining us, and let's go ahead and jump right in. I know you guys have a 25-ish. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. Kyle, I don't know if you want to start or sure. just, uh, how the idea came about. Um, it started with our uh, one of our co-writers. There's three of us who are writing it. Myself, um, Jackie Ryan, who is Lisa Cochran's assistant here at Pretty Little Liars, and then Katie McKay, who uh, is my girlfriend. <laughs> so she came up with the initial idea. She wanted to do something sort of, you know, about the quarter-life crisis, turning 25, that kind of a thing. And the story is basically, it's a web series. We're doing six episodes um, or webisodes, whatever you want to call them. And the story is basically this, this girl, Rosie, is taken by her best friend up to a cabin for a weekend to sort of regroup and reassess and sort of figure out where her life's going. And he ends up having invited a few of their friends from high school and chaos ensues and hilarity ensues and drama ensues and there's a lot of things that ensue basically cool it's a slice of life it's kind of like kyle yeah. said you know there's a little bit of drama there's a little bit of comedy but i don't know personally i always think that you know as a storyteller and an actor and stuff that's always the most accurate way to kind of you know display life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so it's like the big chill meets 30 something a little bit yeah yeah from, from yeah. yes yeah Cool. We were talking about that the other day, and Katie's like, "Is what's the big chill?" And I had to explain it to her. <laughs> oh, did you guys have like a movie night then to watch Big Chill? No, no, I haven't seen it either. I just know what it is. So, <laughs> oh, it's a great movie. It's a probably great movie. should have watched it before we sat down and started writing, but you know, stuff happens. Are you guys planning in any sort of uh, like musical sequence? Do an old uh, soul song, anything like that? No, but we do have. Um, the Brendan's in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. He plays the character of Tucker. And then Rosie, we just cast um, Caitlin Tarver, mm. who is a musician and has, she actually has some great stuff that we were just listening to the other day about sort of being 25-ish and sort of that kind of quarter life thing. Okay. Theme song, potentially? Who knows? You know, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, well. As always in these kind of interviews, we like to ask people, you know, how they got into the TV business. Uh, Brandon, why don't you go first? Yeah, um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I grew up doing a lot of theater. Portland is a really vibrant arts scene. I don't know if you've been up there or seen Portlandia, but it's, <laughs> you know, there there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on up there. It's um, uh, So they actually have two different children's theaters uh, which is kind of rare for a town of that size, like a, like a big, small city. Um, and both of those theaters have acting schools attached to them. So I started really, really young. My parents started sending me to those classes when I was about like five or six. 
Um, and they were like, you know, after school programs and weekend programs. So that was basically like my soccer as a kid was going to these theater classes. Uh, and then eventually I started auditioning for, um, you know, the kid parts at different theater companies around Portland. Um, and then there, there's a tiny bit of film and TV production that happens up there because they passed some film incentive or some like tax incentives for film and TV a couple of years ago. I shouldn't say a couple of years ago, more like a decade ago. <laughs> and uh, when I was a senior in high school, I got um, a weekly like day player, like a couple day part on um, a movie that was brought up from L.A. to shoot on location. Um, and that's kind of how I was introduced to the film world, the film and TV world, like the behind the ca- or in front of the camera stuff as opposed to just on stage. So, you know, I really fell in love with it and kind of decided that I was going to move to L.A. after high school as opposed to, you know, moving to New York and going and getting, you know, my my BFA in theater and doing the whole Broadway thing. Um, and then I, I figured out that you can make a, a lot more money doing TV and film <laughs> no, um, than on, on Broadway. But uh, no, 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 that's that's besides the point now. Um, uh, and that's that's kind of my story. I came down here when I was 18 and started auditioning. And about two years after I moved here, I auditioned for Pretty Little Liars. They were doing reshoots for the pilot. Um, they had originally um, shot the pilot in Vancouver, Canada, and they had a different set of actors um, for Aria's family, um, including um, a kid who was under 18 who played Mike, Mike Montgomery, in the pilot. And I'm assuming, I don't know, Kyle, you'd probably more, know more about this, but I'm assuming since they moved the show back to the U.S., it was too difficult to have a minor from, you know, who was not American come back. And anyway, whatever the reason was, they ended up recasting um, and looking for a different Mike. So I went in and read for Mike originally. Um, they thought I was too old. Um, and then about four weeks later, they asked me to come back and read for Lucas. And it just really clicked. You know, it was one of those kind of weird thing. I, I'm sure you've heard the saying where it's it's like, you know, it's all about right place, right time. And this was really like a right place, right time, right part sort of situation. So that's kind of my involvement with not just Pretty Little Liars, but the TV industry in general. I'm just uh, trying to picture you as Mike Montgomery. Uh, yeah, whole. I know. <laughs> I mean, can't you, can't, you could totally see me like playing lacrosse, right? I'm like totally... <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, like super sporty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That scene, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. It would it'd be totally the same kind of character. That's interesting. I didn't know that Mike was recast from the pilot. Hmm. I got to go. I back don't know and... if I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah. the parents were. I, I think I had forgotten about Mike. Yeah. Mike was Canadian. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure they had that footage somewhere, you know? Cause they shot it. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I know <laughs> I've seen the footage of the original parents. I don't know that I, I remember the original Mike. So it, yeah. was, it was Alexis Denisoff. Who played Ella? I cannot for the life of me remember. <laughs> I'd have to look Somebody that up. Somebody not as famous as Holly Marie Combs. So <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it was Shannon Doherty, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that, see now I'm wondering if that accounts for the mysterious time gap between an Arya drops Mike off for lacrosse and when she shows up at the bar. So you know, hotly right. theorized time gap there. Could have just been a right. reshoot thing. 
Yeah, true. <laughs> true. I don't know. I didn't know that was a. I hadn't heard that one. The time oh, you hadn't heard that one? It's like there's like a 45 minute time gap or something like that between you can see the clocks. And so people are like, oh, what's Arya doing? She must have gone dissociative and, you know, gone and done whatever. Very important things happen in those 45 minutes, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Kyle, what about you? How'd you get into this gig? I, uh, God, it's so I came down to LA to go to UCLA more years ago than I would like to admit. <laughs> And I always was like, I'm going to do film. I'm going to do film. I'm going to do film. And then I started watching the West Wing and was like, (laughs) film sucks. I want to do television. (laughs) And I didn't get into the film program at UCLA, but I ended up majoring in political science. And I started interning from there. And then I got my first full-time job in a television show because the summer after I graduated, Wicked, the musical, was playing here in LA. And they had the, you know, the sort of the lotto raffle thing where you could win like front row seats, 25 bucks a pop if you put your name in the hopper. And so a friend of mine and I went like a dozen times. And one of the times we went, we met, went, excuse me, we met this woman, Ellen, who was working on, I don't remember what it was. It was a half hour comedy at the time. And I'm like, look, if you ever know anybody who needs an office PA, like I just want to get into television, get my foot in the door. And a few weeks later, I got a job on my first show, Moonlight. And then from there, I ended up working on a couple other shows, but they were all under the same production executive at Warner Brothers. And her assistant ended up, uh, there was a pilot that Warner Brothers was doing and the production coordinator needed somebody. They called me, he brought me in. Then again, a couple of years passed. I worked on a couple other things, Heroes and a couple other stuff. And then he called me up and he's like, I have this new show we're starting on, Pretty Little Liars. You know, the writer's office is staffed, but I'll get you over there as quickly as I can. Do you want to come work for me? And I'm like, yes, please, let's do this. And then about a year and a half, two years later, you know, Marlene's like, I need a new assistant. And uh, the rest, as they say, is uh, whatever it is. Just <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of which, can you tell us what, uh, to like a lay person, what a writer's assistant does on a TV show? So it's the makeup of the room is we have a writer's PA, which basically does whatever any PA does. They get food, they get coffee, they copy scripts, they answer phones. They're sort of a, a gopher. The writer's assistant, which is, which is not quite my job, is they basically spend most of their time in the room taking notes, keeping track of what the writers are talking about, all the pitches, sort of what they land on, what the sort of expanded idea is. You sort of have to be able to hear something, understand it, process it, and then write it out immediately. Otherwise, you're just useless to them because <laughs> you know they need to be able to look at the notes later and go, okay, this is what we talked about. Otherwise, um, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Then... There's my job. I was Marlene's assistant directly. So I was sort of a showrunner's assistant is the title. And that's a little more complicated because there's some like, you know, handling her schedule, covering her desk, controlling access to that person. But I was really fortunate because of how collaborative Marlene is and how much she likes people who want to move up and want to move forward. I was able very quickly to sort of start spending some time in the room, start helping out with um, breaking her episodes. Eventually I was able to you know, co-write two episodes and there were the webisodes mixed in there. And now just within the last little bit, I have moved 
sort of, I'm still working on Pretty Little Liars and Famous in Love, but I have also moved to what was announced today, actually, her pod deal with Warner Brothers for Long Lake Media. I'm now a creative executive there at Long Lake Media working on some other projects. Yeah. As well as the finale of Pretty Little Liars and uh, the first half season or first 10 episodes of Famous in Love. Very cool. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So would you ever get assigned like a research thing? Like, you know, is it possible to burn a knife with a school kiln? <laughs> like, do you ever get like uh, those kind of questions you have to look up? I did not get that one. <laughs> they, there was a lot of like, okay, what's the state law in Pennsylvania for a, a high school student sleeping with a teacher <laughs> and you know, that kind of stuff. Important detail. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Your Google search history must be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's I clear it as often as possible. <laughs> so, Brandon, you've been popping up as Lucas on PLL since season one. Um, I have. Probably we're not expecting to still be here seven years later. Uh, what was your initial approach to the character? Like, what were you kind of going in looking to do? Yeah, I. It's it's funny you say that. I was not expecting to <laughs> to last this long. I don't think anybody expected the show to last this long. Quite. Frankly, um, I, I don't mean like I don't mean like that. I mean, what I I guess how I should phrase that is I don't I don't think anybody realized how much of a monster hit it was going to be, mm-hmm. or anybody could have anticipated that. Sorry, I should I should say like I, that. I'm just giving you a hard. We refer to it as the little show that could. Mm-hmm. 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 So originally, I was only contracted to do four episodes. There's there's an episode at. I think it's in season one B. Um, actually, Hillary Clinton makes an appearance in that episode as a cardboard <laughs> cutout, um, and it's where it's where um, Hannah dances with Lucas and is is given her mom's money like a little bit back at a time or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And if you go back and rewatch that episode, that was in my initial contract, supposed to be my last episode, and the character could have totally ended there if they had decided and thankfully they, they didn't. <laughs> but I guess initially my, my approach to the character was, it, it really had a lot to do with my own high school experience. Um, I was not popular <laughs> at all. So, you know, it was something that I really immediately connected to not not in the same way of like I didn't have tormentor or anything like Lucas had you know with, with his relationship with Allison before she before she died um but you know it was just kind of drawing on that kind of stuff and then really being infatuated with this girl that seems totally unattainable but at the same time she's giving me the time of day sort of thing so initially there was a lot of that a lot of that that I brought to it. And, and also, um, I feel like just the way that this show has, has gone in general, it's kind of gone in a different direction, but particularly in those first few episodes, there was a lot of like the Hannah Lucas scenes were a lot lighter. Um, there was a lot of kind of humor Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I had fun playing with that kind of stuff. Um, and then we kind of went off in this different direction where Lucas can potentially be a suspect in um, the whole, you know, a storyline, or you know, what happened to Allison's storyline. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my approach to the character now hasn't really changed or anything. I've just gotten new information. You know what I mean? I've been, and, and that's, I, I really do thank the writers for that because, you know, as a recurring character, 
where you know you'll pop up in like half a dozen episodes per season they've been very very kind and and i've I've been really lucky to to get a really well-rounded storyline been given the chance to do a lot of kinds of different things because again you know as a recurring character the show's not centered around you um so you don't necessarily get the chance to play all these different colors so i mean that's that's the only way that it's really changed my approach to it is just kind of learning this new information about the character Sorry, that was a really long-winded explanation, but... Totally okay. So you were in high school, though. No girls, like, hit you with an oar. Like, knocked you <laughs> to a lake, though, right? Oh, with an oar. I thought you said no girls hit me up, and I'm like, yeah. No, no, I, I didn't get hit over the head with, the, with an oar, uh, per se. I did almost get um, run over by a car. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so was that you, like, jumping into a pool of water somewhere on the back You line? know what? There's a funny story. I'm glad that you guys asked that question because I was so ready to do the scene where, you know, I fall into the lake um, and they, you know, they fitted me for like a wetsuit. They bought like multiple changes of that particular outfit um, in case, you know, I did fall in and they needed to reshoot it. They had like three backups or something like that. So I was ready to do it. I wanted to do it. And then all of a sudden, they kept kind of pushing that scene or the moment where I actually fall into the water further and further back into that night, the night that we were shooting. And then all of a sudden I hear, okay, Brennan's wrapped. And I'm like, wait, no, no, I haven't, I haven't fallen into the water yet. I can't be wrapped. <laughs> um, and then they had a stunt guy do it. So I guess they just didn't want me to drown or they thought that I couldn't swim or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was a liability issue. But the cool thing about that scene, kind of like a little, a little trivia is that um, we did what's called the poor man's process on on that scene where we shot all of the close-ups um, between me and Ashley Benson on the boat, but instead of a soundstage earlier in the week. And then we revisited that scene and did all of the, the wide angles actually on the water in our lake in the Warner Brothers back lot. So we did that scene in two pieces but when it's all put together, you can't really tell that it's switching back between something that was actually shot outside on a practical location and something that was manufactured inside of a soundstage. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, when I was just doing a little bit of research for this, I was pretty sure in my mind, I'm like, no, that's definitely him that goes in the water. And then I went and looked and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe not. That is some very clever right, editing right. there. No, they did. They did. That, that guy probably fell out of the boat better than <laughs> I could have ever fallen out of that boat. <laughs> So, Ashley, you're gonna have to hit him for real. He needs to be realistic. <laughs> she did hit me. like it was like a rubber oar. In the close up, um, I think you see her hit me, and then they cut away to a much wider shot where I actually fall into the water. But yeah, no, I think she had a good time hitting me. I think she's like, <laughs> Yeah, come on, let's do this, you know. <laughs> I just see Ashley Benson's like, I need another take. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. I need another take. Oh, Keep for coming. Sure. For um, sure. <laughs> so Kyle, your first PLL writing credit actually appears on Pretty Dirty Secrets, the the web series. Uh, yes. Can you tell us a little bit how that came about? That was the network wanted to, and I, it's, I apologize if I remember any of this incorrectly. <laughs> um, the network wanted to sort of bridge content between our sort of mid-season finale and the Halloween episode that year, which was the, the Halloween train. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so they had, they wanted to do these sort of webisodes and it was going to be, you know, it ended up being eight episodes that were sort of four of which were more scripted, four of which were more of these sort of A type moments with the, the map and the security footage. And I don't even remember what else at this point. Um, so that started there. And then, um, a friend of Marlene's who is now a friend of mine, Kim Teresi, came on and she and I were sort of tasked with co-writing these because I knew the show and she was in the writer's guild. So it sort of made things, uh, it made things go really smoothly. It was a lot of fun and it was, uh, you know, I was very lucky to have been able to have that opportunity, you know, in sort of a, a very safe space, if you will, you know, where the, the pressure wasn't super high. It was, you know, we were limited in what we could do and limited in, you know, the characters we could use. And so it was sort of just trying to find good situations for the people we had access to and, and find a way to give new information so that watching these webisodes was more than just like, oh, it's just a thing that happened in between these two episodes. And instead it was like, oh, these characters have this history I didn't know about. And I didn't realize that that was going on while this was going on kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people went back to the, uh, the Jason one. Um, after events later on in the series, of course. But, of course, yeah. a, a kooky costume shop where all the characters run to each other, yeah. that's perfectly PLO. It was, <laughs> that's a real location it in is. Burbank. Yeah, oh, just cool. down the street from here. Yeah, Halloween Town. Halloween Town, like yeah. That. I think so. And I think we shot that all, I think we shot all of those in one day, I want to yep. say. One day. Yeah. yeah. Using, like, PLL crew, and it was, I think it was a Saturday we shot it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that the same location you guys shot the first secret Halloween store in, or is that a different Halloween store? It is not. I believe the first secret we actually made that on the lot. Mm, if okay. I remember. That was on the, the ranch. Okay. Because um, we shot a lot of that episode on the Warner Brothers ranch where, um, I don't know, sorry, I'm like a, I'm like a behind the scenes, you no, know, no. trivia <laughs> geek. Um, I always watch like the special features on things first because I'm interested in that kind of stuff. But that um, that was built on the Warner Brothers Ranch, where they also film the middle. They film uh, at the time they were filming the Secret Life of the American Teenager over there, and uh, the house that we that we used for the party in the first Secret that was all a practical set on that on that lot, and right behind that house is the very famous uh, Friends fountain um, where they, you know, film the the Friends opening sequence for that show. So nice. Anyway, so I just thought that was cool. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Kyle, one, one thing we wanted to ask you about your first writing credit for PLL, the main series was how the Ace stole Christmas. And I'm yes. wondering if you could offer any insight at all. And I don't know, maybe there's spoilers involved. So, you know, we'd understand. But what was going on with Holbrook in that episode? Um, it was very warm. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I really don't. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of, in some ways, it was kind of a kitchen sink episode where mm -hmm. it was like we had so many things we wanted to do. And there were so many different versions of that story to sort of make everything fit and Holbrook was sort of it was just a fun you know sort of side thing going on it was sort of like well there's Holbrook so what's going on over here and you know it was sort of just a and it was just fun we'll, we'll put it that way also he had been <laughs> drinking there is that <laughs> and so you mentioned it was warm I imagine uh, Brendan being in a Santa suit for that shoot was probably a lot of fun oh god um 
It was interesting, that's for sure. I well, you I were lucky in the Santa suit because we were on stage for that. Right, exactly. Um, for the winter ball. But the the outdoor stuff was not on stage. <laughs> that was in sort of the, the Rosewood Stars Hollow set in the back lot. And I have never seen Ashley Benson act so well so quickly as when she's wearing a parka standing outside in 100-degree weather in Burbank in the middle of June and said, okay, go act now and act right, like right, right. and, you know, get it. And then she's just like one take, she's got it, she's out, she can take off the parka and she can move on with her life. That's the motivation, the motivation exactly. behind the scenes. Exactly. It's like, give me out this fucking costume. <laughs> <laughs> I swear on here, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead, please do. Please do. I, I feel like Lucas's character needs to do more swearing five years forward. Like that oh, really I think so too. I, yeah, I think they, I mean, like, doesn't MTV on their shows, they take advantage of like bleeping out things. So can't, you know, we're freeform now. You know, we're not ABC family anymore. We can just like bleep out shit, you know? <laughs> Hannah, what the fuck do you mean you don't want to start a business with me? What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or like, you know, I just gave you a million dollar line of credit. What the fuck are you doing going and getting yourself kidnapped, you dumb, whatever, <laughs> idiot? Lucas is definitely thinking it, even if he's not saying it, I'm sure. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, so, Brendan, you did your own, did you do, did you do your own skateboarding on uh, She's Better Now, or was that a stuntman? Unfortunately, it was also a stuntman. That one, I do have to say, if that was me, I would have killed myself. Um, <laughs> the falling into the water, not so much. I could have handled that, but like, I definitely would have killed myself with the skateboard. Skateboard so. doesn't seem like the best getaway vehicle for if you're being chased no. by a car. I think you'd maybe just run. That might be a little bit better. <laughs> but then again, there are definitely some like questionable things that Lucas has done in the past, so I kind of wouldn't put it past him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe he's smart business-wise, or at least it seems like he's smart <laughs> business-wise, uh, but like practical stuff like that, not so much. Yeah. There was a, a period in early in season three where we were pretty sure Lucas was on cocaine because you were like, mm. like you were always sweaty and angry, lighting yes, things on yeah. fire. Yeah. You look like Trump during yeah. the debate for that part of that scene. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's um, it's interesting. I didn't really know what was going on with that either. So, like, as an actor, you kind of just have to make a choice. So I, was, I always just, you know, not knowing what was going to happen in subsequent episodes, I always just made the choice of, like, they know something about me that I don't want them to know and kind of go with that and just elaborating on that choice being like if this secret gets out or if these people find out this secret is something really terrible is going to happen and just kind of like relating it i don't know to your own life and raising the stakes that's usually what i do what i've been doing on this show and they're like okay well you might be involved with something (laughs) but you might not we can't exactly tell you because we don't want it to get out or, you know, we have three different options and we don't know what we decided yet. So just, like, make sure that you look suspicious, you know. I imagine there's Which, a lot of that going on on PLL. Just look suspicious. <laughs> times, you know, but that's that's where the acting comes in. <laughs> so then you're like, back the fuck off, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the inspiration for 25-ish. Uh, PLL recently did the time jump into the 20s. Did any of that kind of influence the creative decisions, just kind of thinking about the, you know, the 20s and how that's different from your teen years? 
Um, I don't know that it did deliberately, but I think unconsciously it definitely did because we spent a lot of time sort of talking about like where are these people five years later? Who are they now? I feel like they're all doing sort of a little better than your average, you know, 25-ish year old is doing nowadays. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely something that sort of I know was sitting there in the back of my head, at least, as we were working on it. It's sort of, you know, you always, you know, the characters are such, in Pretty Little Liars, are such specific types that they can sort of become an easy sort of shorthand. Like, oh, well, this character is kind of like Spencer meets this part of Hannah, or this character is a little more like, Emily, if Emily was a little more like this, you know, so it's sort of, it's always kind of there. And my girlfriend loves Pretty Little Liars. So it sort of is an easy thing that we can both refer back to without any confusion. We both sort of just understand the show. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So speaking of which, when you get home, do you have to like, can you share spoilers of her or do you have to keep that locked down? Especially since you're, you're co-writing the finale. I am. Well, it's so... It's, I'm not, it's, this is where like writers guild rules and stuff get complicated. I am co-story by, so I helped break the finale and helped uh, write the outline. Mm -hmm. And then Marlene King and uh, Maya Goldsmith are writing the actual script. Okay. Um, so it'll be one of those nice little like story by Kyle Bound and I'm Marlene King, or I'm Marlene King and Kyle Bound, and then written by I'm Marlene King and Maya Goldsmith. But um, as far as spoilers go, I, I, probably could but she loves the show and doesn't really mm -hmm. want to know spoilers um so we sort of try not to talk about it and then when tuesday rolls around we sit down and watch and i get to sort of watch her react to the show nice. which is a lot of fun and that pll finale that is two hours it's not like episodes nine and ten are together as one finale it's episode 10 is then a two-hour episode is that right that is correct. Yeah, we have nine episodes before it and then the two-hour finale. So we have 11 hours over 10 mm. episodes in the nice. second half of the season starting in April. Nice. Yeah. So, Brendan, after performing in musical versions of Cruel Intentions and OC, uh, is there any chance we might see you ever sing on PLO or any other, like, uh, uh, like old TV shows you like to turn into musicals or you wish we would turn into musicals? I... How should I put this? <laughs> Let's say that something musically influenced is not out of the realm of possibility, but I won't say if it's singing or not. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. That didn't make any sense at <laughs> all, but um, Kyle knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> don't you, Kyle? <laughs> sure. Oh, I think, Mel. Like, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll, yeah, like something like musical theater related okay. could happen. Is it going to be like the end of She's All That, where they all have like a synchronized dance that they seem to know <laughs> for some reason out of nowhere? <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, a flash mob kind of thing. Oh, yeah. um, except that, that would have been like more like season season two, I feel like. I feel like flash mobs are a little outdated now. <laughs> um, we, did, we did one in season, uh, I think it was five, season, season four. Five? Five? Mm -hmm. Yeah, A flash mob in season five? Yeah, the A flash mob at the uh, park. Oh, that's right. In New York. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But was that like a choreographed dance or was that just like a an angry mob? I feel like that was more of like just like an it was, pounce on you. Yeah, it was more of an angry mob kind of. I don't think it was well choreographed at least. Right, right, right. Um, do, you think a, fractal. 
the only thing A could do to be more terrifying than what it's already doing to these girls is also add in dance. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. like interpretive psychological terror dancing, yeah. You never know. know. Go that far. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. But I guess going back to the whole like musical thing, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we do have a two-hour finale coming up, so there's got to be like a big, you know, a big shebang at the end of it. Right, right Kyle? Oh, I just I, I haven't read the script yet. I, I just <laughs> realized I think what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The finale is going to be fun. That's, you know. Good. That's all we want. We want a good fun finale. Especially on a show that might feature a CGI dream sequence of some kind, or uh, at least a green screen dream sequence coming up at some point. Oh, look at that fishing. Um, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> stuff There's happens. Uh, 10 episodes left. Has that, I can has neither that, confirm nor deny any rumors. Right on. Where, where did you hear that? I, I'm just curious. Uh, just social media. Instagram speculation. Oh, 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 okay, okay, yeah, okay. It might not be what you think. You could literally say that about anything in PLS. That's true, that's true. No, I mean, I honestly, I think that that's a great way of describing a lot of the stuff that we do, though, you know, where a little, like, teases happen or spoilers kind of come out beforehand, not saying that that's a spoiler or anything, but it's... It may or may not be true, but it might not, it might not happen how you think. But it's it's interesting. It's it's cool. It's it's a fun thing. See, I'm just so excited because I rarely get to like know what's happening. Like, yeah, no, it totally. It's like not what you think, but it is what you think. Or I don't know. Let me think. Musicals, because that was one of the questions, right? Musicals that I would want to like do. Well, because I figure you you've now played David Silver from Nine Hundred Two and Zero. Yeah, you've done, you've done Cruel Intentions. You've done the OC. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, like, like, I don't like a Who's the Boss musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, okay, so a friend of mine or two friends of mine, they have this um, production company. They also did the Cruel Intentions pilot um, for <laughs> NBC this past pilot season, which apparently is still up in the air um, in terms of like it still might be a possibility. I don't know. Um, so uh, it, that's on the trades, so anybody can see that. I didn't give away any spoilers. Um, they, spoilers for um, NBC's spring lineup. <laughs> right, right. So, so they have they they have an idea that they would like to continue doing you know musical versions of um, TV shows, but more of like musical tribute shows. The way that we did the OC is that we we took the pilot, the pilot script and took different songs from all four seasons uh, of that show. So memorable musical elements and kind of incorporated into, uh, co- incorporated those directly into the pilot story, but then also did like what they call pop-out moments where we would kind of go out of, you know, the pilot storyline and do kind of these well-known moments from that show throughout the entire run. So they would like to continue doing that with with shows they actually had mentioned maybe a couple of years from now doing a pretty liars one but it might be it might be too soon you didn't hear that for me kyle i don't just know what like, you're talking about I, huh? what so yeah mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. so yeah i i guess in terms of like if i were to think about like a tv show version of something like a musical version i mean like the buffy musical on stage i mean it's already like written for you you know it's mm-hmm, right. It's pretty. It's a pretty sick musical episode. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I would say that's probably one of the best musical episodes of anything that's done a musical episode of all time. I, I would agree. He could be Xander. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a Buffy musical or like the South Park musical episode. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. did a musical episode. Yeah, I didn't see the Scrubs one, so I can't comment. The Scrubs one is great. The Scrubs one is good? The Scrubs okay. one is really good, yeah. Okay, okay. So maybe Scrubs? I don't know. So uh, we always ask people this question, um, which Pretty Little Liar would you have been in high school? Like, which one do you think you'd identify the most with? Kyle. Brendan. Uh, I would say probably Spencer, uh, mostly just because, like, I would have been like an annoying version of Spencer in high school where like, I don't know, <laughs> way that I spin that is not going to come out the way that I wanted it to come out. Um, but like, you know, I, I was that kid in high school that like wanted to get the best grade and it had nothing to do with actually like liking school. I just wanted to be like the best at it. <laughs> That's a very Spencer-ish quality. And it's a very Spencer thing. And then also both my parents are lawyers, kind of like her parents. And I know probably probably Spencer, but not not as likable of a version of Spencer. <laughs> I was not well-liked in high school, but I changed. I swear to God, I changed. <laughs> I, you seem very Aria to me. You seem very, like... I don't know, artistic and like, like you would totally show up goth or something like that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not no, 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 no. Now I feel like I would have been Spencer, but with Hannah's work ethic. <laughs> so like I was smart, but I never really cared about like, I need to get great grades and work hard. I was just like, oh yeah, okay. I'm going to hang out and like do my homework the period before it's due. So are you saying that you're one of those kids that, were, that was so smart you're like, I'm bored because this is too easy for me, sort of thing. I there, there was a little bit of totally that. There, there was a little bit of that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Especially in math class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you good at math? I used to be. I haven't done it in too long. Uh it's you know calculus <laughs> just sort of I'm picking on you. I'm sorry. Works I, out I, of I'm, your head eventually. Like because you don't actually need it in the real world. It's no, not, not calculus. <laughs> no. Well, that's one of the interesting things about 25-ish is like, you know, you learn all these things in school and I'm realizing more and more, and I'm sure you guys have realized too, that it's like, I don't remember anything from high school and it clearly just, it just wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, that's a very the, 25-ish thing. Yeah. The only time I use algebra now is when I'm like, or geometry is when I'm playing like an RPG and like. Not like not like a video game, but like a tabletop one, like a like Star Wars RPG or something like that. And like I have a character on like a uh, a building shooting down at the street, and so you have to get the angles, you know, the distance, you know, how hard the shot is. Like that's the extent of my algebra use these days. <laughs> what is an RPG? Oh, Brendan, <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain it to you off the pod. Oh, role no, but nobody wants to hear me talk about RPGs. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> that could be your whole separate podcast. Like uh, yes. Kyle explains things to Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Kyle's podcast and I was like, oh, fuck. I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of like, you know, nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Speaking <laughs> of which, have you seen The Rocketeer yet? No. Oh, so you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I haven't seen The Rocketeer, and I have not watched Game of Thrones yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, you know what you learn in school and whatnot, Brandon and maybe Kyle, you can chime in on this. Like, how exactly did Lucas make all that money during the time jump? Because it seemed like in the past his idea of a good investment was like a March Madness bracket, but now he's like a billionaire. Right. <laughs> right. And using other people's money uh, to right because I think I used Caleb's money and I lost mm-hmm. all the like, right. Like, originally, it was just a, a, a gaming app. So I sold, mm-hmm. you know, uh, games. But kind of what I gave myself. This is sorry. This is like such an actory thing to say. What I gave myself <laughs> is um, I thought about like what kind of app I thought would be really awesome. And I swear to God, I actually did this. I always thought it'd be really cool to have an app on your phone that told you like what um, uh, what parking meters in the area are open. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I gave that to myself. I'm like, I created an app where it would tell you when a parking meter is open and how much time you have left on your parking meter, um, which I guess there's an app now where you can actually feed your parking meter over the app. Mm-hmm. They like connect really? with some... Cr- I think I think it's like MasterCard or something. But yeah, that's how Lucas got rich. <laughs> okay. And then he decided to branch out into fashion. Exactly. <laughs> fashion. And Hannah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, we had a- he decided to branch out in whatever Hannah wanted to do. So, you know. <laughs> we had a good laugh on the podcast because at one point Lucas is losing all of Caleb's like, you know, homeless youth money. And then six years later, he's actually asking Caleb, hey, do you lunch? Oh, yeah. No, Lucas is like a total ass in that scene. I I never I didn't read that scene as being like douchey. But um, actually, that was that was Roger Cumble's suggestion. He's like, just imagine because he he directed that episode. He's like, I swear to God, he literally came up to me and be like, just imagine you're walking in and you have the biggest you know what in this room and just play it let's just try it like a bat for one take and that, that's the take that ended up making it into the episode excellent and it came off really douchey the only thing missing was for you to have like an actual bluetooth earpiece mm-hmm. in your ear while asking him that yeah yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a bluetooth earpiece i don't know Maybe Lucas is, is maybe Lucas is too sophisticated for a Bluetooth earpiece. He he is an assistant. He is a, so he doesn't he doesn't take his own calls. He has got a remote control fireplace into his ear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you got a remote control fireplace that could murder people, <laughs> you don't need a Bluetooth earpiece. Right, right. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. We we like to joke that 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 entire loft is just wired of cameras. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about that, I was talking to um, William, who's our um, he's our set dresser. Um, so he works in our art department and he kind of puts all the finishing touches on things. And um, from what he was telling me, there were a couple of um, there were a couple of Marvel things that were kind of slipped into the set dressing. <laughs> um, first time that we saw that set. Oh, interesting. And we're a Warner Brothers show. Mm hmm. Warner Brothers um, owns or DC Comics and Warner Brothers are yeah. like one entity. So all of a sudden, the Marvel character figurines were no longer like when I came back the next week. I'm like, wait, where did like where did Captain America go? You know, and now it's like the Flash and like 
what else is in there? Like Superman, Batman stuff, you know, yeah. which is cool. I just thought that, I thought that was funny. So that is, that's really funny. <laughs> um, so of course we have to ask both of you guys, what is your favorite PLO episode? <sighs> that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> it is a tough one. There's been a lot of good episodes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I would have to say it's as much as I, I want to say like something that's profound or obscure or whatever. I just I have to go to the Christmas episode. It was the first episode I wrote and it was just it was fun. It was an experience and it was sort of it may not be my favorite episode to like sit down and watch all the time. But I feel like that's the one that sort of is going to be my favorite forever. I have two. I have, you know, people ask, people usually ask me, like, what's your favorite episode that you've, that you've been in? And so uh, that one is usually the uh, what, what I what I've, I mean. It's still been this way, you know, all, throughout all seven seasons. But uh, the one where um, Lucas gets knocked into the lake, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, how can you not? That, that was definitely the most fun to to shoot for me. And then, in terms of just as a viewer, I really, I, I really like the first secret. Um, I thought that that was a really, just a really solid episode all the way around and not to say that the other ones aren't solid that's not what i mean at all but like <laughs> it's just you know a really it's a really fun episode and it was cool to kind of go back and see what these characters were doing you know before all of this shit happened you know so i love that uh, giant drag was playing at a roseville or a rosewood party in yeah. uh, <laughs> pennsylvania <laughs> how did I'm that come assuming- about Oh, no con. I, I don't know that story. I that was right. I became Marlene's assistant as that episode was shooting. So oh, I don't okay. really I don't know. That's yeah, maybe it, was, maybe it was no con. He called in some, yeah. some contacts. Dude, probably. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I don't care. They were so high. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the girl on the lead singer was like dancing like in between takes and we're like we're cut. You can like stop and they would just keep going. It's like they were so fucking high during the whole it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> People still bring that up. Oh, I forget awesome. the the song that they were playing. I forget what it was. It's like um it's like very slow. That's like all their songs. Yeah, I think it was pretty little neighbor. Yeah, sure. pretty little neighbor. Da, 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 da. Yeah, God, there you go. <laughs> and they, okay, they you know say I have too. Yes. Okay, I do have a favorite episode that is not uh, uh, co-written by me. It's <laughs> two episodes. It's the Dollhouse stuff. Oh Those yeah. Two episodes of oh, the Dollhouse nice. are just like my favorite of maybe anything we've done. Like it was just so insane and brilliant and fun and ridiculous and just amazing yeah the dollhouse is nuts just yeah. the, <laughs> like through a looking glass yeah one of the fun behind the scenes things i don't know if if anybody's talked about this before but we have the way our stage was set up at the time it's since changed after the five-year jump we had um the girls bedrooms were all very close to each other so you would have spencer's bedroom and then a little bit of hallway outside it and then right across from spencer's bedroom was a door if you open that door, you step into Emily's hallway in her house, and to the right there is her bedroom. And if you keep going straight, there's another door, and if you open that door, you're suddenly in Aria's hallway, and then Aria's bedroom. So if all the doors were open, you could look from Spencer's bedroom, down Spencer's hallway, down Emily's hallway, and into Aria's bedroom. 
And so what our set tech and art department crew ended up doing was basically just reskinning those hallways with the cement block walls. And so the layout you saw there was almost exactly how it really was on the stage. Oh, wow. I do um, have to, you know, give props to Janelle Parrish, not just because we're friends, but um, <laughs> the stuff that we did with Mona in season three in the mental house mm. is some of my favorite stuff that we've done throughout all seven seasons. It was just she and a lot of that had to do with her just kind of taking what was written and running with it and just you know like not looking back you know and and she she knocked it out of the park and i just i think that those episodes just from a not necessarily like an action standpoint but like and again this is a very actory thing to say but just from like a character development standpoint and like figuring out how a character ticks and that kind of stuff. It's some of the most exciting stuff that I think that we've done in regards to, you know, like just emotional character-based storytelling. But that's just my personal opinion. Wait, so what about you two? What are your favorite episodes? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> a lot of times I think the uh, – it's careful what you wish for. The one – with the the dance, you know, where where Hannah keeps mm. having to dance league. So that is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, that's Caleb's first episode. Um, it's just really funny. It's the one where Arya's babysitter is back and like hitting on Ezra. Like yes. it's just hilarious. Mm -hmm. I love that episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, my I'll say my top ten for PLL probably has like twenty five episodes in it. But uh, all, right. all time, uh, it, it's. And you're absolutely right. The stuff of Mona, like that, the show just went to a whole other level when, when Mona survived her fall off that mountain. But for me, it's the con game. That's the episode I always go back mm. to. I always, ah. that was when I, it stopped being like this weird, guilty little pleasure show that I didn't tell anyone I watched to me grabbing strangers and be like, have you heard of this show? Are you fucking watching this show? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just fucking love that episode. Nice. Nice. So for both of you, have you ever like gotten a detail or something small into an episode that none of the fans seem to pick up on? Like, is there anything you've always wondered or, you know, or like, is somebody eventually going to notice this? Anything like that? Um, nothing like nothing big. There's things that I've put in like for me, mm -hmm. like in the Christmas episode when Spencer steps out in her outfit and turns to Toby and says, Mary Ho Ho. <laughs> That's a thing that like my family has said on Christmas forever so it's sort of that was like that was a like for me mm. moment and i always try to get and sometimes it's not even me i think of the christmas episode it was actually marlene who put it in i like to try to get something that like references star wars whether directly <laughs> or indirectly <laughs> and i think like there was one point Marlene had put a line, I think it was in the Christmas episode where somebody says, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and she's like, should we cut this line? I'm like, no, it's a great line. It should stay. <laughs> Didn't you do a nod to Dr. Who also in the Christmas episode? Yes, but you never see it. We had, um, it was, thank you for that reminder. Oh my God. That mm -hmm. was, I completely forgot about that. When Spencer's rearranging the newspaper clippings, mm -hmm. And they're sort of talking in code. One of the messages, um, but I don't think you can read it on screen, at least. I don't know if I've seen it in high def, so maybe you can on like the Blu-ray or something. Um, talks about uh, the man in the blue box um, who's like stopping by. 
I could totally see a, a, a classified ad. It's just like the angels have the phone box or something like that. Yeah, it was that exactly. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Huh, okay. Trying to like disguise it enough that nobody would know that that's what I was talking about, but right. still have it be there so that like if somebody really knew what they were talking about, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that." The the best detail from the the Spencer Toby scene you you mentioned there is that when Toby looks over at her in the outfit, his camera is like pointing like straight up. <laughs> <laughs> this is this telephoto lens that he's holding there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one. I have noticed that, you know, through social media and, and stuff like that, I, I have noticed there's a lot of people that think that they're picking up on things that I don't think are actually things. Um, and I can't name specifics, but people have asked me questions before where it's like, Lucas is totally involved with it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? I had... <laughs> Nobody told me that. I do have to ask Kyle. The there was a huge speculation with the what, what is it? The Charlotte De Laurentiis like jumbled text thing. What what are those called? Oh, um, the it, anagram. The anagram. Yeah, yeah. What was it intentional? Because th- that's actually one of the things where people are like, it spells nerd Lucas is the liar, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> um, the, the anagrams that they found in Mona's. Right, right, right. Uh, or is that bedroom? just like that? Just is a complete coincidence that no, those that letters was, spell out Charlotte De Laurentiis. No, no, that was meant to spell out Charlotte De Laurentiis. <laughs> we had somebody go to there's like a there's a couple websites where you can punch in like strings of text and get anagrams and right that to get those that was deliberate yeah right right yeah so people are wrong <laughs> it had nothing to do with nerd lucas is the liar they're wrong did not but i always i, I appreciate it i always appreciate when clues are taken just a little wrong because oh, yeah. then it's sort of like it's okay it's like okay good they didn't figure it out so we can sort of you know mm-hmm. we're good and we can still go back and say, like, see, this is this is where you went wrong in your theory. Has Marlene ever told you, like, you're fine? That, I know she, for a while before they revealed the whole Charlotte as a, as big A, she said that one person had guessed correctly out of the entire five seasons. Did she ever go back and find that person? Because I know she said something on Twitter I, where she's like, I'm going to. I, think I she, feel she like they actually something. talked. Yeah, they came oh. to the set. Actually, there was a set visit. I saw. Oh, it. really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Cool. Thank you. It's it's been too many <laughs> years and too many episodes and yeah. too many right. set visits. I don't remember like anything at this point. <laughs> I always love the fan speculation. Like there is a bit. It was after the flash forward where it's like an A tag and like there's a chauffeur saying, you know, thank you or whatever. It sounds like he says sir at the end, but it. He actually didn't. And there was like a lot of fan speculation for a week. Like, does he say sir at the end or not? You know, and people are replaying it and half the people are like, no, he definitely doesn't. And then half the people are like, oh, no, he says sir. And they like somehow found the actor and were like, what did you say that day? And he's like, oh, no, I didn't say sir. And so, Yeah, that sounds oh like you watching Lost. Mm-hmm. This, this poor guy sitting at like Chipotle and some like Redditor <laughs> comes in a costume. <laughs> Um, I was say like uh, talking about like little details. I I feel like Brendan, like you do some great work of your face in Seven B, especially. Like there's oh, a scene where you're walking through the Radley with Hannah, and like your reactions to everything she's he means, saying. He means Seven A, not B. So, 
Oh, oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, yes. Don't, don't yes, spoil 7B. Don't let trick you. I was about spoiling to say. 7B. Hey. Sorry, five years forward, uh, 6B. Um, I do it all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have some great just reactions, like a lot of like eye rolling and just like, what the fuck are you talking about, Hannah? It's, it's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's, you know, I don't know if people always necessarily come from the school of thought of like if the camera's on you, they can take any piece of what you're doing and you know edit it into the shot or into the scene so that's why i think that it's important to stay in the scene with the other person even if it's you know they're just looking at you for your reactions or whatever because honestly you get more screen time if you're <laughs> you know um if you're staying involved but i think that it's just you know it helps me to just kind of stay in it and making make uh, just just Tuning in with, am I, am I reminding myself, am I really listening to what the other person is saying? And I feel like when you're really listening, then those kind of things will come up naturally. But thank you. I appreciate that. That, that makes me feel like, awesome, I'm doing my job well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes me think. There is a long tracking shot. I can't remember if it was in 19 or 20 of last season where it's like coming down from the, uh, the church tower down to the liars walking and talking in the middle of the night and Caleb's in the background there and he has like one line in the whole shot and it's like a three minute shot or something, but he's, he just has to react to everyone constantly. He's just looking around to everyone. And it's like, you can tell, yeah. like he didn't have uh, you know, he had like one line to say, but he had to kind of keep, keep in character the whole time and kind of, you know, just react to the craziness that is these girls lives. <laughs> it's funny. Um, you know, it, that's kind of an actor's nightmare for, <laughs> for audition purposes, but they do that kind of thing all the time is they'll give you a scene that's, you know, really, really, really long and you'll have like three lines in it. But like that's specifically what they're looking for is if you're listening and if you're, you know, responding in character as that person. Mm -hmm. So it's a cruel trick. It's a cruel, <laughs> cruel trick. It's uh, it's give and take. Uh, um, so Kyle, just as an idea of how TV works, like I know Famous in Love is based on a novel, but how long has it been in development to get to the point where it's debuting in April of next year? Great question. We first sort of had our first like meeting conversation about it well over a year ago. I think it was early last year that it sort of really like started talking about what the show would be and some of that stuff. Um, we shot the pilot last December. And so now we're in the process of shooting episode nine right now of sort of the first 10. So it was a good from, you know, the, from us getting sort of a pilot order to now has been at least, you know, a, a year, if not longer. I think there was a draft of the script. I think Marlene's, there was a pass of the script that Marlene did, I think in like April of last year. Um, wow which was well before we shot the pilots, you know, and for that one, it was, it was, you know, there were a lot of schedules to work out because we were working on pretty little liars. Bella Thorne was doing movies. So it was sort of, you know, there was a lot of schedules to juggle and all that. So that may be a, you know, the network stuff tends to be a little quicker. It tends to be, you know, they, they're ordering scripts right now. They're taking pictures and ordering scripts at networks right now. They'll do pilots probably in January. They'll shoot them. They'll announce what they're picking up in May, and they'll premiere next fall. So for like a network show, going from 
pitch to premiere is just under or right around a year. Okay. Um, is sort of the normal amount of time. So mm-hmm. with your with your new gig, you're the guy that Benji and I hit up to uh, pitch a show to. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah, we'll Head do lunch. the network. Yeah, you guys lunch, right? Do you lunch? We'll do lunch. <laughs> yeah, you guys do lunch. <laughs> so, Brennan, um, you know, hypothetically speaking, if you were called upon to do some sort of villain monologue, how do you think mm. you'd want to play that? Would you want to go real big or just like real low? Oh no, I mean, definitely some kind of like. Some like Alan Rickman shit, you know? <laughs> Definitely do it like that. You know, I don't know. I think that, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I've always definitely fantasized over the past six and a half years that maybe, like, maybe I'm the guy at, like, the end of it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I could still be. You never know. But, like, uh, that would be awesome. I mean, like, what kind of scene would I get to do with the big reveal and that kind of thing? And I think that, you know, I always think that it's interesting if things, you know, build so I think I would start off as like, you know, kind of like being up front with them, telling my story and then and then build into like this big <laughs> moment, you know, it's like a it's like a song or something like mm-hmm. a like like a power ballad or something <laughs> like that. Like start off small and then end with <laughs> and then, oh, and then you dying just, at the end of it. Yeah, you yeah. just slipped on a battle axe and cut your own head off. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's like my, that's my favorite Pretty little liar <laughs> I don't know if you guys can top that. I mean, I, I suppose you could try. But. I mean, what a way to go out. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Who came up cool. with that idea? Who pitched that idea, Kyle? That was Marlene like that? all the way. I love it. Yeah. How long did she Marlene. have that idea? Was she like, I want to be able to kill somebody off by like decapitating them? <laughs> it, it started with the blind school, and then I think when she was sort of reading about blind school, she read about that you know they have these rooms where they teach you, you know, sort of basically it's like that that uh, I think they refer to it as uh, what's his face's garage sale. I can't remember Tim Burton's garage mm-hmm. sale. Right, right. Where I guess they at least they used to. I don't know if they still do. Would sort of have the blind students feel a bunch of things. They would, you know, know what like an alligator felt like just in case they're ever, you know, wandering the (laughs) Everglades Um, or a suit of armor in case they travel through time to, you know, (laughs) medieval times. Um, And so (laughs) I think it just sort of, I, you know, I still, after being with her for how many years, I don't know how her brain works, but it's amazing. Um, And just something clicked and she's like, I'm, I'm going to behead Noel Khan, and everybody's like, "Yes, <laughs> absolutely." I was going to say the the hush hush sweet Charlotte references in the previous season were brilliant, and that mm-hmm. moment is straight out of that movie where a guy's head literally just blop 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 blops <laughs> down the stairs, and the fact that it's Noel Khan and Jenna just steps over it is is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one of my one of my favorite moments in that scene when the girls see the head is Arya's like, it's a head. It's actually a head. Because she's had so many times where she thinks it's a severed head, and it never is. Yeah. And finally mm-hmm. she gets her severed head. Yeah, that one, it actually reminded me a little bit of uh, Where the Red Fern Grows, where there's a character in that who has just, like, a, a, a normal axe and, like, slips and falls and, like, like just impales himself or something. Like, that's how he dies. And it just made me think of that, you know, he had this really sharp object, how could you possibly slip on it and to you know do the worst yeah. amount of damage possible? Or uh, the guy at the end of Out of Sight who's like threatening George Clooney as he walks up the stairs mm-hmm. with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
stairs are dangerous, guys. Be careful. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe th- maybe that's something that Marlene's always wanted to do with the character for like the past 20 years and something. And she's like, I finally get the chance to do it, you know? She's sitting down writing now and then like, how Right, exactly. How do I decapitate one of these? <laughs> yeah, this, this won't work for Christina Ricci, but... <laughs> Right, <laughs> but back pocket, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Brendan, we saw an interview that you had that you like to paint. Which now I feel bad for anyone who's you know, obviously not in the Skype call because you're sitting in front of this massive yeah, painting you did, which is pretty cool. Thank you, uh, thank you. So, we were very curious about: Did Lucas hire someone to do the decor in his loft, or, or did no, he... I did it all myself? Okay. Because there's a pretty yeah. sweet, like, Lolita poster I saw on the wall, yeah. which I, I think is awesome. You should steal that one, the show. <laughs> I was just asked that question, like, what are you going to take when it's over? And, like, I don't think I get to take anything. But definitely some of, the, like, the paintings and stuff in Lucas's house are pretty rad. But, no, I think, I, I think in all seriousness, I think he, he totally hired, like, you know, some designer out of New York that just did you know, Meryl Streep's penthouse or something like that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he's rich. So he probably told her, like, I'm really into comic book stuff. And she's like, (laughs) let me see what I can do with that. Or like, you know, I just bought this place in my hometown because I'm still in love with this girl. Can you make it look like really, really, really expensive? (laughs) You know, I really don't have that much money, but like, just make him look as best She's, as you can. You're just Gatsbying her, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Kyle, uh, you and Caitlin Brown, you wrote New Guys, New Lies. Yes, we did. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about Toby and Yvonne's peculiar taste in TV shows. Is that uh, something that one of you brought to the table, or how, how did that come about? You know, I think that may have come through in uh, in Marlene's past. I don't remember for sure, <laughs> but in my head... Toby is not a TV watcher. Like he watches old movies and she was like, really, you don't watch any television. So now she's sort of catching him up on <laughs> the entire history of television, the entire history of television, <laughs> yeah, starting with, oh, you know, they were totally and, watching like dance moms, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they were watching. What is it? I'm trying to remember what specifically it was like reference. old Green tonight Anchors show. Yeah. And like Carson tonight mm-hmm. show. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite with those with those two scenes specifically is just how like and I love Keegan and I love Toby, but he's kind of like his jokes just don't fall in those in those two scenes. Like he tries to make the joke and it just falls completely flat like both times. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm I'm uh she's Park Avenue and I'm whatever the other one is, <laughs> Main Street and He's laughing, and both the girls are like, "Okay, that wasn't funny. Why are you laughing?" <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of, it's I, I classic it. Toby. Toby's a little bit of a dork, yeah, which, which is what I think makes him work. Yeah, yes, a dork with abs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not fair. It's just not fair. No. Yeah, but you guys got to write that <laughs> that great scene where Caleb uh, tells Toby what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I do love that scene. They have such like a. Uh, I don't even know how to describe their relationship. It's it's sort of like it's like the girls' relationship where there's sort of that unconditional friendship, but it's a little more awkward because he's talking about his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, the look that Toby gets on his face when he realizes what what Caleb's talking about, he's very wounded. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but he's okay with it. It's you know he and now he's dead. 
I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I made a video, so he has to see it. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, it's official then. <laughs> so, uh, Brennan, speaking of your, your villainous monologue, if Lucas were to die in oh, yes. how would you yes. want Lucas to go out? I mean, how do you okay. talk battle axe for Lucas? Okay. Um, I've thought about this. Uh, one of two ways. I think that you could either top the battle axe moment by, like, all of Lucas's rich gadget things kind of, you know, backfiring on himself uh, mm. or backfiring on him. Um, so I was thinking, like, you know, probably catching on fire in the same way that Arya did. So, like, you know, I'm just kind of, I don't know, just hanging around like that, you know, crazy um, uh, fireplace and it explodes and I catch on fire. But then instead of, like, trying to put it out, I just give up and then, you know, like... Jump out of the window or something. So there's, you know, a shot where like Lucas tumbles out of the window and like falls and dies on the pavement or something, or like or you, know. you fall into the back of a passing manure truck. <laughs> oh yeah, and the whole thing like, just, like explodes or something. Like a, it's like almost like a Rasputin type thing where like Lucas won't die. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, like we rewrote you a twenty-page death scene. <laughs> right. 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 I just I see That's Lucas cool. working his little remote, and he's like, "No, no, I can fix this. I can fix this." And it's like <laughs> keeps causing more horrible things to happen to him. That's all of Act Five and Act Six <laughs> of the finale episode is is Lucas dying. That's all. It'll, it'll, it'll be breathtaking, <laughs> or something just really kind of like poetic and simple, like choking to death on a pretzel, <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like, I think that'd be good. Just something just like really simple like that. That would be pretty epic. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you covered a lot of good ground there. <laughs> I, I think I think the beauty of that would be he's like retorting to Hannah and she thinks he's trying to say something, but he's like waving his hands frantically right. turning purple. And she's like, What? <laughs> what? That Luke, would totally spit it happen. Out. Like she, she wouldn't know that he's dying <laughs> until like after the. Fact. Then she gets a text, and she's like, "Oh, hold on a sec. Let me take this." <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Uh, and the text would say, "Like he's dead, bitch, a or something." <laughs> like, Give him mouth to mouth if you want your mom's money back. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> okay so i know your guys 25 ish has a campaign going uh for, yes. for funding could you talk about that a little bit yes so we're doing a uh, a seed and spark campaign it's like um your kickstarters or your indiegogos but it's specifically for like film television web video it's specifically for like entertainment projects um, and we're trying to raise uh, 20000 As of right now, we have about 10 days left, depending on when this goes up. Right, right now, meaning Monday. Um, it wraps up the 14th. The two things we're trying to do, we're trying to raise $20,000. we are just over halfway there. We're doing pretty good. And then we also... Oh, no, we're uh, more than halfway. We're more than yeah. halfway. Okay. Yeah, so we're doing sorry, good. Sorry, sorry. No, we're okay. doing good, Kyle. We're doing better we're doing than halfway. Great. Sorry to interrupt, but I just had to say, you know. And then the other thing we're trying to do, one of the reasons we chose Seed and Spark is that they have a program where if you get a thousand follows, if you show sort of a broad enough interest in your project, um, you are basically guaranteed uh, the option of distribution through them. So, oh, nice. 
check us out. It's seedandspark.com. Uh, the project is 25-ish. We're on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram, all at 25-ish, spelled out. Following us costs absolutely nothing. You yeah. won't get, I don't think you'll get any, like, emails or anything will you you'll get you'll get a couple emails but they'll be worth it they'll have videos of brendan and right oh they'll be like specific to us is what i mean yeah yeah it's yeah yeah, we we won't sell your information unless we don't raise no (laughs) exactly yeah uh okay excellent yes yeah well thanks for joining us um we can't wait for the next season wish it was sooner we got a little bit of time to kill till the new season comes yeah yeah do we imagine us we get to like finish it and then sit on it for a few months and just sort of can't talk about it can't really say anything well it's got to be a little weird you guys are probably going to be wrapped by the end of the month and then you know in another three or four months five months it's like all right let's do press now yeah Yeah, exactly exactly they've they've uh they've got a they've got a gap there it'll be interesting my hope is that it gives people who sort of took a step away for a little bit of chance to catch back up and sort of be ready when we come back for those last 10 to sprint towards the finish. Cause there's a lot um, in those last 10 episodes. There's a, yeah. we don't have the opportunity to answer questions about things at a different <laughs> time. So like everything's happening, you yeah. know, in those 10 if, episodes. If we don't do it now, we're not going to do it. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and Lucas is definitely in, the 7B. Lucas is in. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of really fun Lucas and Hannah moments that are equally well fun, um, but also uh, actually never mind. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> there's there's a lot That's of good. different emotions and kinds of moments and a lot of stuff. Yeah, excellent. It's good. It's really good stuff. So yeah, very cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll go ahead nice. and put a link to the Seed and Spark on this. Uh, episode on our website page as well awesome they can find cool. you guys Thanks. on twitter too uh is it at cal bone or bounds uh, bound it's okay mm-hmm. everybody does it <laughs> <laughs> and brandon what's your twitter handle at brendan robinson all right excellent we'll find you guys there thanks for joining us and uh can't wait for the next season check out 25 ish thanks for having us yeah all right bye-bye thanks guys thanks a lot guys